All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slap me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a weirdo. Si, senor. I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. All right, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. V-A-R. V-A-R, Brian Chesco? No, I'm just saying that. Oh, okay, all right. You want to start there? You, you loved it so much. You want to start there? You just want to start no. right there. All right. You want to get me that angry? We're Brian gonna, Chesco. We're gonna tr- no, I just... Yeah. Was, Brian, Brian I was what does just, V-A-R stand for? I was just making a bad joke. Oh, okay. All right. Like any joke. All right. Listen, guys, listen. We're going to talk VAR a little bit because you have to these days with the Premier League. We'll talk about it a little bit, but not too much. We've actually got an action-packed podcast ready to go. We are coming out of game week 12, heading into the third international break of the season as we record this. But we have just about every segment that we've been doing on this podcast lately in our agenda. So we're going to bring it all to you. We might even have to do this one in two parts again, Dave. Oh, boy. (laughs) Just what everyone wanted. A another, really long podcast? Another 150 minutes worth of ideas. That's what we've got. So let's see. <laughs> let's see how this plays out. But let's just let's just make sure we do everything we can to be as efficient as possible. Let's just get right in right right on into it. Let's get straight into the game week twelve matches. Let's begin actually with Dave's sports guessing team for game week twelve. Oh man, hey. In true sports guessing fashion, Scott, I I could tell, I could tell this was going to be a bad week. I mean, look, we joked about it last week, right? Mm-hmm. But hey, some this is sports guessing. Sometimes you have down weeks. Sometimes you have good weeks. My guess is only a sports guessing team could guess two guys with the two own goals of the week. <laughs> there that, is that, Scott. It's talent. There was a gift in what you did this week, even if it was for all the wrong reasons. Sure. This time. All right. Good. Good. Pretty incredible, actually, that you're able to do that. I'm. I'm a little scared of you. I'm gonna actually move my chair a little further away from you because of the power of sports guessing coming from your chair. Sure. I mean, they did score. They just scored in the wrong goal. That's true. Right. Yeah. One. One person on your team ended up with negative points. Yeah. Davy Proper. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Davey Proper scores. <laughs> Who's dumb enough to call that? Listen, hey, Brian, the crystal ball. The, wrong goal. the crystal ball didn't lie. You just didn't know what direction he was supposed to That's be true. facing right. when it happened. The ball yeah. said he's going to score. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He's going to get on the score sheet. All right, so it's it's fair to say that your sports guessing team is is 2 and 1. Right. This was your first loss. This was a fail, sort Since sports guessing sure. began. But the yeah. average score was 48. Your yeah. team ended up with 17. Amazing. So a couple couple <laughs> crazy things about this match week, right? Number one, I feel like the forty-eight, either everyone in our mini league is completely crushing, mm-hmm. because 
almost everyone was way better than 48. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it, like 48 went... After Saturday, the average was 26, and I'm like, that's crazy to me. That seems so low. Yeah. Because everyone around us was doing just fine. I had a great week. I was pumped about my week. I'm gonna not going to let YouTube brag about it. I'm going to brag about it myself. I have finally been waiting for a big week, and I finally had one, and it was very nice. It was nice to have. It might be the only one I have in a while. Who knows? I don't Enjoy know. it, though. It's all sports guessing. Might as well be. You get two weeks to, to feel good about it. That's Thank right. You. Yeah, right. If, if you're going to do have one good week, do it going into an international break. <laughs> so exactly you can, right. you can think you're smart for multiple weeks. No, you're exactly right. There's something to be said for the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast Mini League. Yeah. And how strong it is. Yeah. Because I moved up a couple hundred thousand places, but in our league... I barely no. moved up one place. I know. It's pretty incredible. It's tough, man. It's really tough. A lot of good competition. Sports guessing didn't go so well, though. And uh, and so, thankfully, I mean, it did it, for all the wrong reasons. Again, I'm a little scared of you. Yeah, sure. But we'll we'll revisit this as we get towards the end of our Real podcast. quick and then I'm done. What I want to do for, for next time, I realized I, I, I wanted to pick names last time randomly, but I felt it'd be too obvious, but I should have just gone with them. And I actually... I, I projected too much of too much negativity into the team, right? Like mm. I went with things that were there's no way that they would even have a chance at winning. You know? Sure, you need a little mixture, a little yeah. combination. Yeah, so I mean, I, I see that. So I know who's playing and who's not. And so when you just look at the names, so what I'd like to do, like Brian kind of suggested, is literally have four, three or four different bowls of names. Sure, like a Lit pot one and a yep. pot two. Like and they do for... Literally just draw names. Draws, out. A yeah. bowl of midfielders it. and a bowl of forwards and a bowl of defenders and a and a bowl sure. with just and the name... of goalkeepers. With just the name Tim Kroll. <laughs> You'd have an <laughs> equal chance at Jamie Vardy and Ashley Barnes. That's right. With that that's setup. Right. That's, ex that's right, because I'm never just going to randomly in my sports guessing team go, Jamie Vardy. <laughs> I'm no. never just gonna go. <laughs> That's true, Sadio Mane. But there's something there's there's some something beautiful about what you've been able to do <laughs> with just the random names. Even again, as I have said already twice this week, with all of the own goals, it's it's kind Ooh, of incredible, kind of scary. Moving on. All right, so let's talk about the best of the best. But before we do go into the game week twelve dream team, I'd like to try to get some of the VAR stuff out of the way up front, if I might. All, all right. right. Who even brought this up? I'd like to tell a little bit of a story. There's something that I've learned in my personal life that I feel like would work really well for how VAR is playing out in the Premier League. Do you mind if I take just a couple of minutes to explain what I mean? Only if you convince me that I didn't fall asleep and wake up in the middle of a Scots shot. <laughs> oh my gosh! That's amazing! <laughs> I'm not making fun of it. Oh, I'm really? Oh, I'm really? just, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You heard what I heard, right? I don't know how he's trying to recuperate from this. I'm just asking if this is a Scott shot. <laughs> okay, all right. Not anymore. It is. Not anymore. I knew it. <laughs> I actually meant to share this story last week, and believe it or not, in a 100-minute podcast episode there are things that we forget to do sometimes True. and this was supposed to be something i brought up last week on the way home i realized i forgot but it actually is perfect that i forgot and that i saved it for this week because of what we saw with john lundstrom four minutes from now on by the way you must address him as demigod john lundstrom 
<laughs> we tried so hard to get anyone affiliated with Sheffield United to see and to hear what Brian put together last week. If you're listening to this podcast episode right now and you've not listened to last week, please go back and listen. And or if you know someone that works at Sheffield that's like, hey, man, you guys just need to take five minutes and listen to this one part it's of true. this podcast. Minute 39. It's, or it's, it's or worth- if you're the third member of a podcast who may have supplied that information, <laughs> you should go back. <laughs> At some point, Brian hasn't heard himself no, yet. And no. rehear. Brian's the last one to listen. I to our made podcast. him sound amazing. Yeah, you did. It was so good. It was so good. I'm excited to hear it one day. John John Lundstrom. It took four minutes to determine that his toe was offside. Yeah. Okay. Now this is the same kind of play that we have been seeing almost every game week throughout the entire season. Mm-hmm. The kind of play that is incredibly close, but according to a certain view, the VAR view. The player is just a little offside. Mm-hmm. Now, I have this job that I do uh, kind of outside of my full-time job, my side hustle, if you will, outside of even this podcast. It, I do quality control for audiobook narration. And one of my very first books that I did this work for, uh, it was called, a very provocative title, it's called The Insanity of God. Okay. Now, I didn't have much experience. I was pretty new to this. And I'm a perfectionist by nature. Mm. And so without a whole lot of strong guidelines to go with, I went with what I felt like I needed to do to make sure that the quality control work for this book was was what I wanted it to be. Okay. By the end of the book, I had made 1,000 plus notes on things within just this one book that I thought needed to be different. Right. Wow. 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 And when I turned you it might in, as well have written a new book. When I turned it in to my production manager, he let me know that I could scale it back a little bit. But along the way, he referred to what I did as the insanity of quality control. A little, little painful. Kind of like what Brian just did to me just now. You know, <laughs> right. you, you get stung a little bit by people's words. See, what he was saying <laughs> is you went overboard. I went way overboard. Okay. Now, I've been doing this type of work for four years. Yeah. And I've learned something along the way. What I have learned is that I'll be, there'll be times when I'm listening to the narration of a book and I'll hear something that doesn't quite seem right. So you know what I do? I go back and I listen to that spot again. And if I have to go back and listen to it a third time... You'll do it. No, I oh. leave it alone. And oh. I don't make a note on that thing. Because if I've got to go back multiple times just to make sure I've heard what might seem fine. like a mistake, then it's probably good enough to leave for someone who's barely paying attention while they're listening to the audiobook for fun. That's an interesting point. I agree with that. That needs to be applied to VAR. Once you go in there and you look at something two or three times, if you can't decide right. whether or not the right. play needs to be overturned, you leave it alone. I, I would agree with you on that. That's exactly what needs to happen. I think I would agree with you on that. Now, I have been trying really hard, even when Liverpool, my, my club that I follow, is affected by VAR. I've tried really hard to be as objective as possible. And I've actually defended it more than anyone else I know. Because I want VAR to be successful in the Premier League. I've been waiting for the Premier League to have it. I was scared that it would do something horrible to to clubs and careers before we had it. But now everyone's just confused by it. And there are two things, two key things, I think, that are missing. Number one, marketing. VAR needs better marketing. It absolutely does. Now... I know that the last thing that anyone with an English accent is going to want to hear is that something needs to be more like something that comes out of the United States, okay? I get it. Please know this up front. And yet, if you watch any NFL games, what do you see the officials doing? They talk to us. 
They talk to us during the games. Right. They declare what the penalties are and who the penalties are on and what the consequences of those penalties are going to be. They tell us so that we at least have their decisions in the moment, and with that we can decide whether or not they're right or wrong. We need that in the Premier League. I'm not saying we need Mike Dean to talk to us in the stadium and on uh, on our TV screens during the match, but we need something so that we know how these decisions are being made. We get these meaningless nonsense, you know, I don't know, paragraphs that are sent out. Upon review, it was determined that the official said that the qualifications for handball were not met. How? Why? Where? What qualifications were met and sure. which ones were not? Sure. That's That statement is a nothing statement. The Premier League needs better marketing in these matches for what VAR is doing. That's number one. Okay. And there's precedent for it. We get it in American football. It yeah. can be done. Don't say to me that just because it's never been done before, or you know, we we would you know, or maybe because Americans do it that way, that it's not going to be done in our league. It's 2019. VAR is here. It's time to do the most that you can with it and to, to to make it work. Number two, VAR started going wrong, and I'm changing my mind on this a little bit, Dave. Changing my mind a little bit on this. Okay. The first place VAR went wrong was the first time they dropped the lines on the screen for an offside call. That was the first time it went wrong. Because at that point, they eliminated the ability to do what I just described before. Go back, look at it a couple times. If it's not, what's the phrase? Clear and obvious. And obvious. Their, their phrase that they love. They got super specific with measurable calls, and they did nothing with interpretive calls. That was how it was in the beginning of the yeah, year. That's correct. Game week, what was it, nine? Which Ten? I started Ten. to get I started to get used to. Yeah, I agree. But then game week ten, it shifted, right? Yeah, it, yeah they tried time. to make it make more it sense. Got way worse week ten and on. Well, you say worse. It seemed like they were trying to make it more consistent with both types of calls, measurable and interpretive. But then since then, we've just been shrugging our shoulders. I have no idea what the rules are here, anymore. Here, here's my issue. Yes, number one, they need to post the, the rules for everyone so that everyone and, and maybe they have, and I just don't know about it. So fair to them if they've done that. Here's my issue with it. There's one of two options that you can go with, okay? Number one, do you care about getting getting the correct call and getting it right, okay? Do you care about that? Is that your number one goal, to get the call right? Is that it? Or do you care about optics, hmm. getting the call right when it's convenient, getting the call right when I don't have to step on this referee's toes, getting the call right, this would be the third time that I'm correcting that referee on the field's calls today. I don't feel comfortable with that. I'm not going to do it. Mm. I don't want to go back and overrule and call that a handball because Liverpool continued to play because there was no whistle and they scored on the play. What do I do now? Okay. So what I'm saying is, because all these things happen and because I think they're too worried about optics and not actually getting the call right, it is muddying the waters with everything. Mm -hmm. And we can reference today what happened because I'm still hot about it. And I'm only hot about it. I'm not a Manchester City fan. And I yes, I'm developing a distaste for Liverpool at this point. Why? But what's, it's, what's dislikeful about Liverpool? Because they keep winning and I don't like that. Oh, so, okay. All right. Look, is that, is, so like, it's I their success be, you don't. 
As an Arsenal fan, it's their success yeah, you don't better. like, Dave. All right, all I right. Don't care. I just I'm, wanted to draw that out. I am honest upon honest about my team, <laughs> my feelings about my team, and my feelings about Listen, everyone else's team. I loved the Red Sox in 2004. Can't stand them since. Fair enough. So I totally get it. This is not a baseball podcast. That's that. But, well well but said. Go ahead. So my deal is this: it, at least for today, I wanted to see a game where both teams, as a neutral, where both teams were going at each other's throats, and we had a freaking exciting, non-controversial game of football. And what happened in the first 10 minutes with them not allowing a penalty kick, and there was there was multiple things that could have happened. Bernardo Silva lunges for a ball, and it bounces up off of Van Dyke and hits Bernardo in the arm, shoots towards Trent Alexander-Arnold, and would have gone directly to Raheem Sterling, who's right behind him, who's in front of an open net. You can It's amazing. The, the optics of that is amazing because you can see Sterling in the background. And it hit, it hit Trent's, Trent's arm, which is away from his body. Mm-hmm. Now, there was two handballs could have been called in there. If you right. want to get really picky, you could call Bernardo Silva's handball. Uh, and his it, was first. And if you do, then it's the, the play stops, and there's a free kick right there. Sure. That was outside the box. It wasn't in the box. The next, well, It wouldn't have mattered. It was still going the other way, right? The Alexander handball was in the box, would have resulted in a penalty kick. But sure. neither one of those were called. It was a play on. Oliver's right in front of Trent's. And, and I'm telling you, at least stop the play and let VAR change your mind. If that, I don't even know how you don't even at least stop the play. Because it's a handball in the box between the two best teams, very possibly in the world and or at least in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. Most would say, even though I know that City's fourth in the table. Mm, So anyways... We'll, we'll give them the last two years. Bottom line is, the play the, it plays on. Fabinho goes down and makes an unbelievable strike and scores. It's, it's a thing of beauty. And at that moment, you can't... If you go back and give that... Because now the play stopped. Now VAR can technically go back and look at it. Which it did. Oliver can go back and listen to the ear. Yep. Why aren't you making that call? Because now, now if you overturn that, you got to take the goal off the board. And they weren't doing that. They were not doing that. Oliver screwed it from the beginning when he never blew the whistle and at least said, VAR, what did you see? I think I saw a handball. That is insanity. And, it, and at least if you don't call Alexander Arnold's, then call, call Bernardo Silva's. There was something there. It wasn't a nothing burger. There was something there. And then play on. And here's the deal. That one moment changed the whole game. One goal can change a game. Right, mm-hmm. so that means for being regardless, it was you, a two-goal swing. It, it very possibly yeah. was a two-goal. One swing. for City to one for Liverpool. Anyway, so that that's the beginning of it, and we can get to some of the other stuff. But that right yeah. there, like I, I just, as a neutral, I just wanted to see, like, just get the call right. I'm watching it. Everyone watching it sees this, and and there were some videos that thinks it it hits off Trent's uh, thigh and then goes to his arm. There is one video shot where it did resemble that, but if you look closely enough, it doesn't do that. Every other angle, it hits sure. his arm and goes into the his VAR, thigh. The VAR angle is the only one that matters here. Dave, there's an assumption built into what you just said. Yes. Which is that Michael Oliver only saw the Alexander Arnold handball and did not see the Bernardo Silva handball. And I say that because what if Oliver saw both? Well, the Bernardo was wicked fast. And let the play play on. That's what they do in general. The spirit is... 
Let the play if play it, on, and VAR will no, stop it. No, if not necessary. on a handball away in the box, what away from your two? body. What no if, way. What if for the first time? That's insanity, Dave. What if, what if for the first time we can just go ahead and agree that two wrongs make a right? <laughs> oh, Lord, come on, <laughs> Brian. Tell me, am I crazy? I mean, no. Not in ge- not like that's just on this situation. Not in general. Don't answer that. The the que- yeah well yes you're an insane moron we know this fair enough that's fair no my I mean the question I had more after the fact was what what is protocol at that point what could he have done in that event you know is it is that exactly is that you know is that what he maybe should have done is just stop right there because yeah I think I think it was pretty clear what the, you know at least you would have gotten an attempt you know the ball did not get through to Sterling. I mean, what I, I just, I know you can't just go based on the reaction of the players, but there are plenty of times where you can tell when players know they've done wrong, know that something yeah. has bad has happened <laughs> right. or the, the seriousness of, you know, when anytime the ball hits anyone's hand, the player who kicks the ball and sees anyone who can see that the ball hits a player's hand or their upper arm, or it's their shoulder. Immediately, yes. they raise their hands. Immediately, they're screaming. You can tell like how serious it is when that happens. And so, I think that as soon as you see one replay, you see that it's it's really clear. I mean, I just don't know how it. There, there's that. It's clear that Michael Oliver did not think, or at least was not willing. It was not clear enough to him to stop play to say this is a handball in the box. Now, again, the spirit is if it's up in the air, you let the play continue on, and VAR will stop you when the review is complete if it needs to be stopped. Meanwhile, Liverpool goes down the other side of the pitch and scores a goal. No one told City they needed to turn off. Like No, no one, they didn't turn off. I just feel like That's it was... Bull- such- <laughs> that is absolutely true. That's untrue. Aguero stopped in, the, uh, Aguero in his offensive was out of the play anyways. That didn't matter. He... Aguero's not getting back The ball was still at, at, at his... City had five or six guys back. Liverpool made a fantastic play. I don't sure. want to hear that City... Yeah, that Fabinho, switched off. Yeah, they switched off. No. Fabinho they had shot. Multiple guys stopped play when they thought Alexander-Arnold should have been called for a handball. And in that amount of time, Liverpool's counterattack is amazing. They were down the other end of the pitch in a it, flash. It was not uneven numbers because half a City shut off. I, I refused to... I saw it. It didn't happen. Uh, but, Fabinho should have gotten... Uh, the assist should have gone to Gundogan. On Fabinho's goal, <laughs> did he pass? He did. It was the. I mean, that's it the. Was sing, it's pass. probably the single worst clearance of the weekend. Yeah, I mean, he. I mean, and Fabinho makes an amazing play Shot, out of it. Absolutely, but yeah, I mean, they. There were people back. It's not like it was a. Not like it ended up in a four-on-two or something like that. Right. Right. I mean, it, I. I just. There was. I feel like at that point there was so much time. It, it built up so much after the the no call and the no look like to not even to not even consider it i just i mean it really was it's such a massive moment in a massive game in a game where in a game where anyone watching it saw that it was that it was city only applying pressure at that point only city was applying attacking pressure in that moment and so not only do they not get uh you know, Sterling in on goal. They don't get a, a penalty call. They don't get they're let down easy by... I don't think that's as Bert- big of a deal as what you're trying to make it out to be because Liverpool was clearly set up to counter the entire match. They, they were, they were sure. playing 
to counterattack. But being up 1-0 instead of being down 1-0 is a massive difference in that game. I'm just and, saying and City was on the offensive throughout the match to that point. Completely agree. I just... My point the, in, in cutting you off there is, is simply to say Liverpool was playing to absorb pressure for the most part and to try to see what they could get off the counter, and which they were able like, to do. And it seems like they've been playing City that way for a while now. Sure. But and it's been working pretty well. But all that to all say, right. VAR is inconsistent. And it's left me, the guy who's been trying to defend it more than Even anyone you else. Even you now are, are, are saying... I, 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 my hands are up in the air. I, I don't know. I don't know. At best, and it, I know it's tough for you to take off your Liverpool glasses and look at oh, this. Come on, give me more credit I am going to give that. you more credit, way more credit Thank than you. my brother. Um, <laughs> Listen, he and I, I are, we're, we're tight, all right? <laughs> so I, I feel like you're still coming at me for coming after him a little bit. But, but my, here's my point. In the end... You at least could admit something was foggy there. They could have done way better on how they handled that. No. Oh, my gosh. No, I don't. You had two players use their hands. One was much clearer and more obvious than the other. And yes, I'm using those words intentionally. However, you had two players use their hands. Either way, the play stops then. Great. You just made the point. Either way, the play should stop. So now you missed two handballs. Or do you let play continue on oh. as, like, when a team is on the attack, Scott, Dave, you, when a team is on the attack. You were the king of saying, call the game. Call the call what it is, no matter the situation in the game. Yes. And I agree with you. I, Get yes. the card when it... When yes. It, a card is, is a yellow in the first five minutes. It's a yellow in the end of the game, right? Correct. This is, a handball is a handball. Is a handball is a handball is a handball. Sure. Doesn't matter where the f*** it is. It is a handball if it meets all the qualifications of a handball. Oh, my. No, hear, hear me on if this. If a ball hits the Let hand me, I make a comparison. for the most part, I want to make a comparison a in a different... I want to make a comparison in a different way. When one team is attacking and, and, and someone on defense fouls to try to stop the attack. Yes. If the play is if the ball is still at an attacking player's feet, the referee puts his arm straight out, right? Like he wants to give you a big old hug play saying on. play on, right? That's right. Isn't that what Michael Oliver did here? In the end, I if you've got a, I don't remember. If you no, I'm I'm saying that. I'm putting that on Michael oh, Oliver. Okay, okay. If you've got a play where you've got a person on each team using their hand. Okay, and he's not quite sure what to do with that. What should he do? He let the play continue on. The amazing thing is, he can blow a whistle, stop play. Yeah, but week one, someone blew. What was it John Moss blew the whistle, stopped a goal from scoring, and messed up? And and that was the outrage. Was the early whistle? So we're not going to get early whistles. We're well, not going to get them. Things might be changing after this match. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I'm on record as saying I think that the end result was the right result. I know that we differ in that. Hey, let's get to the Game Week 12 Dream Team, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, make this a little bit more fantasy relevant. Let's 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 make ourselves happy here, Dave. Let's talk about something you and I can agree on, which is that captaining Jamie Vardy is a great idea right now. Look, I, as an Arsenal fan, I could I did. I did tell you that last week. In fact, you said you were going to captain Abraham. And I almost and, did. And vice captain Vardy. And I said, I'm going to captain Vardy and go with Abraham as my vice. Actually, yeah. with Monet with my vice. Abra I flipped it. I did flip it as I set my last lineup. Yeah. Followers of our Instagram feed know that because I posted that uh, Friday, just before the game week started, I did go with Vardy as captain. Abraham as a vice captain. Abraham as a captain wouldn't have been a terrible call, but no. Vardy gets more points here, 12 points in the game week. Yeah. Uh, 
listen, again, <clears throat> I've already said I had a good week. I had 84 this week, and I was very pumped to have my captain, Vardy, score me 12, double that 24, 24. points. Yeah. Fast math there, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, Vardy's been killing Arsenal for as long as I can, as long as he yeah. came into the league. Yeah. So it's no surprise there. Arsenal played okay for some of the match, and uh, I was going to say most of the first half was. I was going to say Arsenal won at least the first twenty-one minutes. Yeah, they did. Um, man, well, we can get to them in a little bit, but then they just fell apart. Well, now, let's I, let's get to them now. I don't know what. Well, just about Jamie Vardy. I don't know what else the guy needs to do, no. and and it, I, I'm surprised. I said it last I, week. I'm surprised his ownership is only thirty-three percent. Right now, well, that'll I mean that'll go up, that'll go up significantly over the over the international break. But I'm just I'm surprised that that is the number that I see. I there. said it last week. If you don't own Jamie Vardy, you are stupid. Yeah, I, I it's uh, on just you. in and in Leicester in general, I, I want to. I mean, you if you could, you would own. I don't know six. <laughs> would you pick six of them? Honestly, yeah. I, I, at least three defenders are useful. You would pick at least three of their defenders. You would take any one of the. F- any of their normal five midfielders, and you would take Vardy. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, I feel well, like... I they, will tell you, Brian, Schmeichel, Evans, Chilwell, Pereira, their prices have all gone up in the last couple of weeks. I'm yeah. Sure. James Madison, Telemans, yeah. Vardy, of course. Madison, Vardy, Suryanjir, Telemans, and Chilwell all in the top... 15 overall it, transfers in. I mean, this Listen, is, I want to pat us on the back. We've been calling Sir Yunjir's name since the start of the season. Sir Yunjir. Whatever. Sir Yunjir. Well. It's a chew. Like, it's kind of like a chew. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, Dave. We've been praising him and calling him a legit option since the start of the season. Now, I haven't known him all season. <laughs> sure. But honestly, I should have. His price has gone up to 4.8. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy, it's crazy. good stuff. But, Dave, um, you're a fan of Arsenal. Uh, yes, it's painful right and now. And if we don't give you a moment to talk about your club, you try to take over the whole podcast. So go ahead and uh, I believe you've wrote, written a letter. I do. I have a, I have a letter. Uh, okay. it, it, it felt appropriate in time. It, it, we needed to have a, a letter heart-to-heart because I can't even pick up the phone and call them right now. All right. Am I going to disagree with this too, with what you're about to say? No way. Okay. Here we go. Let's, go, let's do it. Dear Arsenal, I've missed you. I feel like we haven't seen the real you in a long time. How have you been? I haven't heard from you in a while. I've seen in the news that you've been traveling. How's that been going? Where have you been? How are the players? Have they been getting along? I hear rumors of this and that, hoping that what I hear isn't true. But is it? Are the rumors true? Is Xhaka really leaving the club? Is Ozil back in good graces again? Honestly, I, I hope that they both leave in January. I think you'd be better off without them. I've also noticed some things. Some things that are hard to talk about. But if you can't discuss those things with your friends, then who can you discuss them with? I've noticed a team that is uninspired. A team that seems to have no identity. And worst of all, a team that seems rudderless. All this leads me to a conclusion that doesn't have a comfortable ending. And that is, maybe it's time for an Emery out movement. He's had his chance. He has squandered it. It's time for Mikel Arteta. (laughs) (laughs) This is so delicate. Yeah, seriously. 
It's tough. but but like you can't uh, express rage in a letter. Only in text messages can you express rage in a no, fair message. Delicate in the way though that like a serial killer lures in somebody <laughs> before they disembowel yeah. and dismember them. No doubt, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not Dave, with you on Emory. I got, I got problems, man. Dave, There's, what? Scott, you've talked me off the ledge before. I don't think you can do it this time. At least, uh, at least Rob Holding got to play this game. And Bellerin, welcome back. Yeah, yeah. But but hey, did you know they didn't take one shot after the, like the fifty sixth minute or something like that? No. Zero shots. That's unbelievable, man. In most of the second half, that seems like an important time of the totality of the game where you would want to take some shots. <laughs> Is the second half? You you would think so. Look, they they changed formation to try to get certain personnel in there, and um, didn't work so well. I mean, it did for a little while, but I, I, I just think I, he just needs to pick with something and commit to it, and commit to a certain group of guys, and maybe he's trying to keep too many, too many guys happy. I don't know, but whatever's going on, it's not working. And if you keep trying different things, and it's not working. Maybe it's you need to go as a manager because they can't get rid of all the players, and those a lot of those players try. aren't worth getting you rid of. They're good. They're decent players. You can build something with what you have there. I thought Emery was a guy, and and he's now Scott. What is he into this third year? And and the, it's doesn't it's not getting any better. His record is worse than Wenger's last in the same amount of games that Emery's been there. Wenger in his last the his last games in the same amount. Wenger was had a better record. I mean that's telling, man. Yeah, I'm not he's, sure he's anymore. Had time. I'm not sure anymore if Emery is big enough in terms of leadership to be able to handle what he has. That's becoming more and more apparent over time. I look at I look at what Frank Lampard do, has done at Chelsea. Lampard There's a huge difference there though, man. Hold on. Hold no, on. it's not even that's apples to oranges. Uh, Lampard is the leader of that club because all those kids are looking up to him and listening to him. No one is attempting to take over that locker room. Right. In, at Chelsea. Who, who's taking over this locker room? Jaka and Urzel have dominated the locker room for Ozil the last two years. Urzel doesn't dominate his cat at home. <laughs> he is a puss bag, okay? Ozil doesn't open his... He is a nothing man. He is nothing. Sure, I get it. Jaka might be, sure, but Jaka's on his way out. My, my point is, is, if you're a manager and you can't handle that, then you got bigger issues. That's my point. My point is, Emery has what it takes to be a good manager at Arsenal. He just isn't big enough to handle what he has on that squad. It's too big for him. No, he's it's not, too much for him. It's not, he's not man enough. You take your problems and you choke him out. Yeah, he's not He's not doing that. No See Mess and Urzel. No kidding. Now Urzel's back. Yeah, that's why it's time to go. Who knows? Give me give me Mikel Arteta. Yeah. Give me that guy. I don't care if he's never managed. He's been under Pep for the last four years. They talked to him in the offseason. Yeah. And and they decided, or not in the off season, they talked to him before they hired Emery. Yeah. Listen, up to this point, I've been on Emery, but the last couple of weeks has been wandering, and and they keep getting worse. Arsenal's gotten worse as the season has gone along. So you got to do something. You got and maybe you do it sooner rather than later. Uh, Jerry D. Gerard De Lefeu also scored twelve points. That's a guy. That's a guy with some guts that you'd take on your team right now dave absolutely playing in a crap place of watford and is playing his heart out uh, watford's not good who would you rather place, have pepe de la who would you rather have pepe or de la Feu? i can answer that de la Feu right Pe- now pepe 
Neither of them is, a, is an all-around player at Pe- this point. Let's be Pepe clear. Did you forget a, what Pepe did in, know, in other leagues and elsewhere? Oh, I know. De La Feu is I never going to be more right than now. This. I am a bitter fan right now. So He's got 7-12. and 12. He did it at Norwich. Already relegated Norwich, question uh, mark? Yes. Yeah, similar to, uh, similar to Gundogan assisting Fabinho, uh, Emil Buendia should get the assist for De La Feu's goal. <laughs> no, that's so true. That turnover was what terrible. in the world, yeah. man? No, I, I'm not going anywhere near De La Feu. You're it, not? He's so streaky. You got a couple good matches here. You, you, There's no way anyone playing FPL on a consistent basis is going to be patient enough to get what you are hoping to get from him or what what he's able to give you over the next 26 Several matches. weeks ago, there was some question uh, from Watford supporters, Watford uh, Watford coverage, etc. cetera, uh, just discussing his, th- the minutes he was getting since Kike came, you know, look at, look at the numbers there. I mean, basically from, you know, around Manchester city, he had a couple of matches there where he was a, a second half substitute. So it's only in the last like four weeks or something like that, where he's been getting majority minutes. So there was question about what his role was going to be, whether or not he had the right attitude mm. to even be in Kike's team. Right. And now all of a sudden he gets two, you know, two two matches in a row. Watford fans are singing songs to him as he's walking off the pitch on Friday. Like, yeah. what a! I mean, it's an amazing turnaround. I hope it holds. The th- the stat for him that really I find, I'm I'm surprised to see it because I don't think, given his usage and uh, and just just the way he's been. I know he's been good this season in a lot of his underlying stats, but no big returns. He's still in the top 15 for shots on target. He has 15 shots on target, which is the same number as Sergio Aguero, Christian, uh, who we'll talk about later, and Hyungmin's <laughs> son uh, all have also have 15 shots on target. And uh, I mean, all three that's of those a lot guys. For that guy those that all three, yeah. I mean, that's to me that seems like a lot of that. That seems like a lot. So I, I mean I do like the output as far as as far as what he's doing is concerned. Troy Deeney coming back might yep. impact the way they absolutely will. rotate their lineup and what they you know where he's playing. So your boy Kike Scott's doing something over there. You know what? He can't help but do something. Oh. I like that Scott is a Watford fan again. <laughs> I was never a Watford fan, Brian. I was never a Watford fan. I, I like, was only a Kike fan. I like Let's the, be clear. I like the, the, you know this. I was only a Kike fan. Yeah. Never a Watford Is fan. Is he a lovely man, Scott? The loveliest. Let's go back just briefly to uh, Liverpool 3, City 1. Uh, Bernardo Silva, the only player from either club to make the game week 12 dream team he's one of four midfielders who scored 10 points in this midweek i'm sorry in this game week in the midfield brian what do you make of bernardo silva's 10 points here well this i know we've said this about a lot of different players bernardo silva might be the the guy from manchester city that you could just own and play every week and just hope uh, David Silva was uh, was was, he was well that guy. on. Yeah, David Silva was well on his way, and I know that says that's the hottest. That was the hottest pick there for a minute. An injury will slow that down. I think there was some some talk ahead of the match that David Silva could be involved, but 
This was I, the first week of the season where David Silva didn't earn a fantasy point. That now makes for every city player who has you know played at least a match. I'm, I'm you know, obviously not including you know Leroy Sané in this, but uh, everyone else that's available for you to own in FPL. They've all gotten you zero points if you've owned any of them now at some point this season. I just, I mean, Richarlison has the same number of points as Bernardo Silva, and how many times have you thought about owning Richarlison this season? I mean, zero. <laughs> okay, right. I mean, that's a, when, you, when phrased like that, I would much rather have Bernardo, but that's because I don't like Richarlison the person. And the tr- and the trendy, if, when Richarlison just, scores like he did this past game week. It, it would create conflict within me, whether I'd be happy or upset about that. And, and look at the trendy guys around in terms of score. So Mason Mount has been a fixture in most lineups, I think, for a while now, or in a lot of lineups, 33% of lineups. It's re- that's really high. Telemans is only going to grow. I mean, I'm, I, I, that is a, a shocking ownership percentage for me at less than 10% for Telemans, given his price. Holistics, the... Uh, a certain Chelsea midfielder edit that day yeah, just I, as you were I listening to uh, a certain Chelsea midfielder who we'll uh, learn more about later on in this podcast uh, who's he's the, American right the hot yeah I, I yeah. think I think yeah uh, Pennsylvania is, is in America right it's most of it is yeah <laughs> uh, the hottest commodity <laughs> in the in FPL and maybe the world right now uh, you know he's at 55 total points so Son at 51, John McGinn is cheaper. You know, like I'm just looking at the names in that range, and Bernardo Silva has a lot of points, and I just don't know that you're really. He's 10th in midfield scoring. I owned him to start the season, like a lot but of he's people did. With Charleston. I don't even know how that's possible. That's what I mean. He's one point behind Telemans. Would you rather have Telemans or Bernardo Silva right now? Because Telemans I mean, is wicked more cheap. You know that the you know Tielemans. the you know the answer to that question yeah. is hands down Telemans. Telemans, right? Yeah. Because because and I'm and I'm, in... and I'm not even on Team Telemans. I have I have been right. very vocal about my concerns with Yuri Telemans. Right. So no, I would way rather have Telemans. I would really I almost anyone on the list above or immediately below him. I would rather have. All right. However, let's just keep the there. Way. He goes. 56 fantasy points. I know. Yeah, no way, though. Listen, I've got eight guys that are on a little bit of a roll here going into this international break. We're going to play a stutter dud throughout this podcast when, when we need to mention these eight guys. Since we're talking about City and Liverpool, I want to bring up the first of the eight. Better get my duds pants on. <laughs> Time to get on my steps pants. <laughs> Andy Robertson. FPL stud, Dave. Or this FPL is a, dud. This is a this is a FPL dumb question. Is it? Yes. Because up to this point, you guys told me I was basically an idiot for keeping him, even with his price drop throughout the season. He's the he's one of the few guys that I've had in my lineup since game week one. Yeah. Feeling great about it now, coming off of eight, two, nine, and five in this last segment of the season. Well, Scott, sometimes you're right, and just sometimes you're right. Isn't this one? Isn't Andy Robertson the? I hate classic? to say it. Look, look, I have not been wrong often this year. I I will say this. I think I've been wrong. I like, I like that on Robertson. See, here's the thing. No, I have a real problem. No, no you're not. I think he's a stud. Yes, Brian. of course he's a stud. 
I know, Listen, but, but I, I was I, Scott was coming at me. He's right. I did say earlier I thought he was dumb because I thought number one Alexander Arnold. I just thought he was a better own. It's he's on flipped. set pieces. He's That's on other it. things. So for but for whatever reason, Robertson's the one of late getting their offensive returns. What's amazing is they're hanging up there in the top of the to, yeah. of defender scoring, mm-hmm. and they haven't been getting clean sheets. No. So that's what's that's even more telling, really. Of man, I, I should get those guys yep. in the team because they're hanging around without clean sheets. Every once in a while, they're gonna get a clean oh, sheet. Yeah, listen, yeah, that's right. Listen, th- this is still he's. Th- it's I think this is more of a consequence of Liverpool still is very good, and he isn't any different of a player than he was last season. The gap between Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andy Robertson is a mile in terms of offensive output. It's not it right is, now. It is so. Oh, you're not, saying uh, on the season statistically, it is towards not, who? Alexander-Arnold. It is not close. Well, how well how is he not doing well in the in scoring then? Because he's not in getting fantasy scoring. Because in a game that's three one, he wasn't one of the assisters. That's okay. that's why. Well, I know, and but, so it's and been, Raheem Sterling was on his side of the pitch, right? That was a it's, big part of it's it. It's on, yeah. He got. I mean, he's the lowest. Like, look at who, the who scored ratings for this match. Alexander Arnold is the low, other than substitutes. Alexander Arnold is the wow. lowest rated player of any Liverpool player in the match. Yeah, he was. He is, did not look great. Yeah, he is. He is bailed out a lot by the defensive structure behind him. So this, I'm just saying. Andy Robertson has created 17 chances this season. 17. Alexander Arnold has 42. Wow. That is not close. It's not even a comparable to put them even in the same spot. The one thing that Andy Robertson has done that's good is is big chances. So So he's created five big chances. Has he literally just been luckier? No, he's been fantasy. Just, just on the surface of fantasy points, he's been better than TAA now for the better part of eight game weeks. Right now, he has a run here where the—that's what I'm saying—the points have flipped, and so they're they're still conceding goals. They're still they're still giving up a goal here and there. I don't think anyone was playing them this week expecting. I don't think anyone was expecting to see zero next to Manchester City's name sure. as late into the match as it was. And yeah, I mean. He's gotten like in the last few weeks. I mean, look at the look at the matches. I mean, there it hasn't changed. Alexander Arnold's creativity hasn't changed. His crossing hasn't changed. It's and, it's and, players burying the chances. So, yeah. and yet, Andy Robertson kind of paints a story. You know, paints a picture for me. Tells a story of why I'm almost coming to hate FPL lately. Because all on this podcast, we have come to reference team value a whole lot more, and rightfully so. It is an important measurement in FPL. The more money you have to spend, the better players you can get. Uh, totally makes sense. But yet, what that does is that it creates in us this need to do what the masses are doing, even if the masses are being stupid. Andy Robertson's price goes down, and I'm getting hammered for this because his price has gone down. Your team value's gone down. He, his points aren't great. You need to get rid of him. Well, if I had gotten rid of him, I would not be going back to him. That would not be possible in all likelihood. There are very few defenders True. who cost as much as Andy Robertson for you to go back to him with the money that he still costs, price drop or no. We're talking about 6.9 when he was uh, at his lowest. Yeah. Started the season at 7. Now, he's back at 7. Mm-hmm. 
I've gotten 57 fantasy points from him this season through 12 game weeks. I'm happy with that. I would not have those if I had gotten rid of Andy Robertson when the masses said that that should happen. And I got penalized for keeping him by dropping in team value. I hate that. Anyone who's contributing to the stupid, the, the, the stupidity of FPL price drops, I hate you. I, I've come to hate you. You're going to make me quit this game one day if you don't stop right now. You can't. This is the it's the impossibility of this to catch the to catch the form while it's happening. Because if you had played Alexander Arnold in weeks one through six or one through seven or whatever right. his peak his peak value was, and then and then swapped down to. Andy Robertson, as soon as Andy Robert, I mean, that's like the best move you could have made. Then you're maximizing the maximum amount of points. But you can't, no, you can't possibly know that. And I agree. That was, I had Alexander Arnold in the beginning, and my move was to diversify across the, and, you know, I felt like my defense in its entirety was uh, needed to come up a little bit. By the way, I'm only angry about Andy Robertson because I've had him all season. If you had Trent Alexander Arnold and got rid of him, you're going to regret that. You're going to regret that for all the reasons you gave. His points are going to come back. And you're going to have a really hard yeah, time getting back to him if he stays well, anywhere near 7.2. Well, no, and I'm looking at it now. I mean, I I did not make a... I, I have... This is the first time I have two transfers in a long time. So I waited. You know, I, I saved it just for the break. And now with this with this run of matches coming up for Manchester... Or for, um, for Manchester-Liverpool. Uh, for this run of matches coming up for Liverpool... I would really seriously, uh, I, if there's a regret for me, it would be going into game week 13 and not having either Alexander-Arnold or Schedule Robertson. Schedule gets a lot nicer. Because especially in the next three, there's not one offense in there that scares you really. Uh, obviously, there are capable next players six. in all three of those. Next six? Well, so definitely, next yeah, well six? definitely the next definitely the next five weeks... Uh, I don't. You don't love at Leicester. I don't think. I wish they weren't playing them so close uh, in ter- in yeah. proximity in the season. I think Liverpool will be happy to get that out of the way at this point. Now have to play Leicester for the last nineteen matches of the season. Yeah, it'll be a good one to get get. But out no, of the I way. mean, like, I mean, they get you know three of the next five are at home, which is which is better. Although Scott, you shared the statistic, and that we, we, everyone can know it. It's out there in the, for the world to see that you know, yeah. there's not a clean sheet at home yet. Yeah. For one them. of three clubs not to have a home clean sheet. That, yet. that can only change in their favor. And that's right. Palace, Brighton and Everton in the next three. I mean, that's, I feel like that's, I, I would, I want one of those two and yep. I'm really torn now that I don't have either of them. I'm really torn which one to pick. Makes sense. And I don't know. Guess what I'm not doing over the international break. Swi- switching from Robertson to Alexander Arnold. Not dropping oh, cool. Andy Robertson. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> Before we leave this match, time to, I, it has to be said. All for right, weeks, fine. for weeks, I had to defend having him. Well, no, so you know what? Well, I'm going to right. mention when well, I get to but keep no, him. But you're going to get a lot of that. I think you're going to get most, if not all of it, back. I mean, he's already back up to his Seven. beginning of the season price, and there isn't a more purchased, other than Leicester assets, there is yeah. no one that's more popular as far as transfers in sure. uh, than, than um, Andy Robertson. Oh, and John Lundstrom. Is that a guy? I think that's a guy on one of these. <laughs> didn't reference him properly. Uh, Lundstrom, I believe, is also. That's right. Yeah. Uh, let's sneak in the manager quote of the week really quickly. Uh, this week it comes from Pep Guardiola. 
Amazing. And it's, it's, it's just four words. It's not really the words that make this the quote of the week for managers. It's it's really just the way that he said it. Oh. It's the way he said, thank you very much yeah. to Michael Oliver. This was so match. great. This was so great. Pep Guardiola after the match. When he, you could see him fuming. And if I was him, I would have been right there with him. I would have been right there championing Not sure why. Revolt because of all the <laughs> that happened to my team. Michael that Oliver match. had a great match. I would have, he went right up to Michael Oliver, <laughs> wherever the referee stand is at center field, doesn't matter. Wherever the, wherever the guys who, who did really crappy in the match, wherever those guys stand, that's where Pep had to go to. Mm-hmm. And he goes to them and doesn't say anything crass to them, but obnoxiously yes. shakes each one of their hands thank you very much. and says, thank you very much, yeah. very obnoxiously, very. very happily obnoxiously to each one. Yeah. And... Pep Guardiola to you. I salute you. I get it. And uh, when the FA comes back and has to issue apologies during the week, you will be you will be justified just like Sun was, even though it won't change the scoreline. <laughs> It'll be a good moral victory. That's, of course, one man's opinion from Dave Smith. <laughs> Manchester you know what, you know what I can't wait for? Tell me, Brian. I can't wait for uh, Jaron Shakiri to prop his muscular calves right in the in the cup of that uh premier league trophy oh, is there man. a cup on the top of it would that it were yeah uh, i think so yeah fill it with champagne and just soak your calves in it there bud <laughs> it's gonna be a good <laughs> not day not sure it'll fit them here okay. comes the trophy uh let's move on to manchester united uh defeating brighton this past game week and uh the one man who made the dream team was anthony martial his 10 points uh made it in the midfield hey that guy is Making me question my transfer last week. I had to make a decision between a guy that is plays for Chelsea uh, and or Martial, and I went with the guy who plays for Chelsea. Can we just go to that segment so I can stop saying the well, guy listen, who plays they, for Chelsea? You know, well, listen. No, this is better. All right. Manchester United anyway, goes, so- from, goes from doing what they're supposed to do, which is destroy Norwich, to playing at Bournemouth and laying an egg. Right, and then coming back home against a team of of boiling hot garbage and destroying them, a game they probably should have won seven or eight to one to quote Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Wow. Uh, yes, Big. he was exactly right. Post match, they should have scored way more. Yeah. Rashford should be on the dream team this week. I don't know how Rashford missed the shots that he did. Anthony Martial himself could have had more shot. than he had. The shot. And if it had affected the he outcome of this match. Rashford had two big misses. It's I, it, that crazy. is, how did you miss yeah. those? Yeah. He would have earned the Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Week award yeah. had those misses made, resulted made in a, a change of the scoreline. Yeah. Instead, we're going to give it to somebody else. Cannot wait to get to that point. Okay. Last week, I talked about how United made me look bad by saying after game week 10, oh man, I love how that. Martial Rashford combo looks mm-hmm. laid an egg at Bournemouth in game week 11, but here they are back. So, what's the real United attack look like? Does this it look one, more like this? This one, I guarantee well, it. I mean, I don't know that at right. Sheffield in game week 13, they no one, no I one well, no, I, and that's the thing. And I, I asked that question of, the, of our of League Drew, who is a Manchester United fan, do I really want to do that? And I wrote that as a kind of joke in the one big stat 
that appeared late in the week this past week. Go check say, it out. FantasySoccerFC.com slash content. It's there. Go check it out. The inevitable 1-0 loss at Bramall Lane uh, against you know in two weeks is the way it was written in there. And now I'm wondering, uh, because Martial's forcing a, uh, a midfield rethink for sure. Um, I had him before he got injured. Yeah, lots of people did. Yeah. His, his, you should have had him. Right. And he That's was, the, it, like I said a, a long time ago, it feels like a different season ago. It was the only good move I made to start the season was owning Anthony Martial from week, from right. in week one. Right. Yeah. He's I their mean, striker listed as a midfielder. Yeah. Positionally, right. so, so creatively, all... Rashford was shooting more, but Martial, I mean, Martial, I mean, he's, he's playing as a, as much center forward as Marcus That's Rashford right. is. That's right. So, That's exactly right. Yeah, you love it. Yeah, I might have made a mistake. I, in fact, I'm trying to figure out this week on my one transfer, this two weeks, should we say, uh, do I change out Matt Lowton for Baldock? And I, I just I like that two Sheffield defenders. You still don't? No. I listen, I'm I've I've Scott, you be you should be proud of me. I've been pretty disciplined in Right. My transfer. You still had a great week, and this was not the week to have two Blades defenders, by the way. Well, I so I lucked out hey, this week. Yep. I should have uh I should have played Lundstrom uh in the scheme of things. I selected Diego Rico over Lundstrom. <laughs> and you got a one I there is not a braver move, I say, than benching John Lundstrom this week. That's true. It wasn't even on the principle of he was playing Tottenham. I just did not I didn't trust it, <laughs> and it almost paid off, uh, Brian, but it did not. Very it was the difference between Rico's one set the or demi- you don't ever two. You don't ever sit the demigod. Since we're talking, there's no one from that match, by the way, the uh, Tottenham-Sheffield match that uh, we've now alluded to. There's nothing to. to learn about that except Sun is good. Sun is good. Sun was able to play because in the span of time between our last recording and when the matches took place, that red card he earned on the Andre Gomez injury was revoked. So he was able to play. He scored. Doesn't make the dream team. But yes, he is still very good. Um, but since no one from either team made the dream team, I do want to bring up the fact that people are starting to finally buy in, literally, to the Two Blades defender strategy. Yeah. End of Stevens' price goes up to 5-1. Jack O'Connell's price goes up to four six. At least two guys there were able to make the move. You know, had enough movement in their ownership yeah. to move up in price. So it's good to see that people are listening to us, Dave, and saying, "I'm going to go to two blades defenders," even though you have been patient to wait to do that. No, yeah, and that the only reason why is patience. I've just been waiting. I I I almost did it this past match week, but I was concerned that Mason Mount wasn't going to play. And that was wrong because he did play, and yep. so I went. I went with the other Chelsea yeah. guy who didn't make the dream team, but did do something. Yeah, the American. Yeah, you the were American. still you the were still happy name? with the overall Chelsea that Chelsea performance, guy. I yeah, think, that Chelsea week. guy. The, the name we're trying really hard to avoid. Oh my gosh! Can we just get to the freaking segment? No, not yet, because I do want to ask the question about Brighton. Number no, oh, we've moved on. The man. trash birds? We've <laughs> moved on. Brighton is Brighton is fun. They nicked are, a goal they're here. They're fun? 
Yeah. Listen, can I say they're, one? They're funner than they used to be. Now that we're in a, this now, is the funnest now, Brighton that's ever been. Now well, that we're fair. now Fine. that we're in the Brighton parenthetical, can I add a, a bracketed insert inside the parenthetical? Yes. Hey, um, just that I this was also a one big stat issue because I feel like it's something I can't remember if we directly talked about it or if I just wrote it down and we glossed over it because we can't talk about everything. That the Leandro Trossard Pascal Gross rotation is clearly a thing here i think it's safe to say that now five or six times yeah gross sat one, on the bench right so trossard starts yep. gross comes in at like 40 or with like uh you know at like 50 59 minutes or something i think trossard didn't get to 60 so trossard's the the hot hand here and does nothing gross comes in and immediately uh kicks a corner straight to lewis dunk's head that goes in the goal so <laughs> It's just as much as everyone has talked about Leandro Trossard, I have advocated for him. I still think he's ridiculously good. This just seems like a rotation headache that might not be worth the trouble, even though I think the abilities of Leandro Trossard are, are extremely high. Great. Love it. Now, going back to Tottenham, since we're bouncing around here a little bit, let's go back to the Tottenham match a little bit. I've got, there are two guys. On the uh, Spurs squad that we need to ask, are they an FPL stud or dud? We did that with Andy Robertson just a little bit ago. Sun's given you some kind of returns in two of the last three matches. Deli Ali, two of the last four. Well, are they Sun studs or technically duds? did get one against Everton, but his red card knocked him down. Sure. So the red card takes away from the Sun assist. Sun has gotten something, even though even though his points don't look like it the last 3 weeks he has gotten something and the red now that we know that the red card was given erroneously obviously it doesn't restore any fpl points but still yeah. sun has been the one it should why isn't that a thing i, I haven't even thought about that till you just said that but if a red card can be revoked why can't the points for that red card be revoked from fpl it should be. All it takes is a few keystrokes you think. from the point scorer master. It's a freaking computer program. Someone can do it if they wanted to. Yeah, because here's the thing. We've got to wait hours for the official scores to yeah, come but in. Then we need, don't get them live you as know they what's happen. consistent, Scott, though, with FPL? Inconsistency. It's exactly perfectly consistent with, with the... the Premier League and VAR. Yeah, but then if you they gotta, you if gotta, gotta wait hours they are too in order concerned for us, about optics. If they've got to wait hours in order to give us the actual FPL points, surely a couple of days later when a red card's revoked, they can update the points then. Hey, Why do they have hey, to there be are locked stat in? Corrections in fantasy American football. This They're, is not a fantasy American football. Yeah, we also get live scores as they happen in fantasy NFL football. That's true. Also, it look, at this point, it's very obvious. It takes like six hours after the match is clear for their, their little one computer that's generating all the scores, <laughs> the, the, the little engine that could, to finally generate all the scores so that, like, like it, it comes out in stages. Like, so, so your score is actually correct, but then it, on your league page it's not because it has to generate that. And then and then, and then then all of a sudden you're on the league page your score is correct and so is everyone else's, but the total for the year isn't because now it has to get to calculate all that. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's just, it like, feels honestly, like it's Premier a... League, Freaking invest in a few more computers. It feels like it's a. It, if you went into their offices, it would be like a giant Rube Goldberg device that yes. that's like from Wonka's factory. Yes, that's exactly what's going on. It's a sham. Yeah. it's ridiculous. Wh whatever, man. I'm really glad I took us down that little uh, Thank rabbit hole. Thank you, Scott. Hole. I, was gonna say, to I, I was going to say. Back to my question. Sun and Delhi, stud or dud? 
I was gonna say Sun I, is always a stud. I think Sun is a stud, and I I'm I was gonna ask that question, but in more he's space. Nine, six. That's that's exactly the issue. And he's, so no one's gonna buy him. He's he, getting he, he's in something. a he's in a, a price area where there is six or seven guys cheaper than him scoring as much or more than him. Should so, KDB owners even think about it? KDB did not look good today. That is actually an interesting thought. Um, that would be the one guy that you were like, man, I could actually make a little money and it'd be worth it. I am a KDB owner. You do have me thinking. I'm concerned that KDB didn't look good today. But with but you always feel worse about players after they've lost. I mean, let's be honest. If you own KDB, you stay with KDB, right? I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm You'd much rather go down from Salah. I, I like I like City's mojo more than um than Spurs. Spurs for sure. So I would stick with the KDB. And Delhi? Delhi has given them the dynamic that they've been missing, but I think till they sort it out. I'd say Dud on, on Ollie. That was real, real the, life stud. Well the way I the way and not to keep going back to this, but the way I wrote it was if you're really, really feeling lucky. Right. I mean that is a that is a serious dice roll because of his price. He has the capability, but right now they just seem so lost. Yeah, it's just so hard to watch. And and until they sort out what what's uh, Lacelso's job, where is Sessegnon going to fit in? How frail is the defense? Uh, you know, they just they just got run off their own pitch by Sheffield, you know, two days ago. So I, it's I'm true. Not, Arsenal it's knows just, how that feels. It's just it's just hard right now with them. Well, we haven't done this in a while, but we went longer than expected. And so what I decided to do, we had no idea at the time of actual recording this, but I decided to split this up into two parts. So we do have an extended international break. This will probably play into that well. And I hope you don't get too upset with me, but it just needed to happen. So enjoy this, um, I don't know, part one, side A. And we will get the B-side out as soon as possible. Thanks.